And I think it can be really confusing. So for you listening who you don't know the rest of the rules that come before the 100% mark, essentially all of it is built around helping you understand how to allow in all the help that's coming to you from other humans, from the world, the earth plane, but also from across the veil. And so then you get to this point through the other rules and you're prepared and you're understanding, okay, now I'm going to learn when to stop and wait, you know, and be patient and allow it to come in. Right. And you do your hundred percent and you learn it. Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the uncluttered office podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive, a strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery of Uncluttered Office for ADHD. I have an amazing guest today, but first I want to mention the testimonial we got from Reinvention Rebel. Breath of fresh air. Love this podcast. So happy to have discovered it. Catherine is a welcoming host and shares helpful information and insights about decluttering our minds and spaces to zoom in on deeper focus and more joy. So good and very inspiring. So today I have Patty Lennon with us. I mentioned last week that one of the things that I was doing to help me recover from burnout was receiving school and Patty's getting ready to open for next round of receiving school. And it's so juicy and yummy. I had to bring Patty on now. So I'm going to tell you about Patty. She is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and founder of receiving school. And my friend, she is a former type A corporate banker that discovered there was more to living than making money. She left banking to help others do the same. We are both former financial people. She's a certified coach with a master's in psychology and has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and Daily Worth. She blends brain science and metaphysics to help her fellow humans find clarity, focus, and inspiration so they can easily manifest their dreams into reality. Patty hasn't found a crystal shop or a bookstore she can't get lost in. She loathes shop. She loathes shopping in all other forms. Likewise, I kind of do like actually stopping into Home Depot sometimes. But other than that, she loves chocolate, mm-hmm. autumn in New England, and watching her two teen children discover what lights them up. I am so psyched you're here. Mm, thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, Patty, 
before we officially started recording, I gave Patty a little tiny bit of what's been going on in my life with the whole burnout thing that I talked about last week. And I don't generally tend to post much in the Magic Lounge, which is where the group is that we all talk about in receiving school. So I had to kind of catch her up on what's happened because I manifesting, I used receiving school as my tool this summer to help recover from burnout. And what was really cool, and we'll kind of start here, is that in August, so each month in receiving school, Patty has a theme. And the theme in August was your 100%. So Patty will describe 100% way better than I am. So I'm going to start there and then I'll talk about how I use that 100% role to help me work my way out of burnout. Yeah. So when I pivoted my business and to focus exclusively on helping people learn how to receive, because I found that that was was at the heart of so many problems people were trying to solve, that they were coming to me as a coach, really came down to their inability to receive, receive love, receive money, receive whatever. And as I built out a methodology to teach this, there were five rules. So that's what we're referring to or what Catherine's referring to when she says rules. And the final rule is the 100% rule. And this rule is built to answer the question, but when do I know it's okay to let go? Because a big part of receiving is to trust that the universe or the divine, whatever word you use, is going to deliver to you what you need. So you stop doing so much and then you allow the universe to deliver what you need. It's a huge space of trust. And it's a big question mark is how do I know that I did enough that I can stop doing, right? And the answer is when you've reached your 100%. And how we define 100% inside the receiving school or inside the receiving method is when you reach the point where you feel like you're pushing a boulder up a hill to do the next step, you've hit your 100%. And now you're moving into 102%, 104%, you know, and that's when you actually stop doing something productive and you actually start pushing the solution away from you. And that's really at the heart of what causes burnout for any person. Right. And so that's what was happening for me. I was launching the free guide, the Tame Your ADHD Brain, and doing a bunch of episodes for the podcast and really got to the point where I was probably doing, you know, you know me, Patty, I was probably doing 200%. I was just Mm -hmm. completely ignoring all the body signs that were saying, you're shot, you've got to stop. And so the result for me was bronchitis. And then we got off and went to Europe. And while we were in Europe, I was still on my antibiotics finishing up. And then our daughter continued with bronchitis because she never finished her freaking medication. (laughs) <laughs> so she, thankfully mom had packed it and she went right back on her antibiotics and she started to get better but we came home and had covid and my husband recovered from covid very very quickly i did not i was a solid month sick with covid so the message came as a boulder is that what you call it or do you call it a giant piece of wood i can't remember what the final yeah, yeah. one is a boulder a boulder over the head. Yeah. A boulder over the head in COVID. And I already knew I'd already started slowing down and doing all the things you're supposed to do to recognize your 100%. So when August 1st came, it was like amazing. The timing was just so perfect. I was just recovering from COVID and I was really, I had scaled back. So this summer, I only worked from eight till one 
ish every day, I really made a point of not working as many hours until I could kind of learn what 100% looked like for me. I needed to put a boundary, like a physical on my calendar Mm -hmm. time boundary to stop working so much. And it meant shifting a lot of things. So people who are listening right now will know that over the summer, we did replays of a bunch of episodes. We had a whole bunch of mini series. So we ran those this summer. That freed me up and gave me some space to be able to recover. So I wasn't spending time doing the podcast. It's not that I didn't want to do the podcast. It's that I didn't have the energy to do it. And something had to give. And I think, and Patty knows my history. I mean, I'm a cancer survivor. It's actually Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well. And I went through this when I came back from breast cancer and was really back working full time. And Patty said, you got to take a month off. And I thought you were crazy, (laughs) but I did and it worked and it was great. So August became about, all right, I'm starting to recover. I'm starting to feel better. I don't have COVID now. Let me start paying attention. What's my body sign? What does it tell me when I've hit my hundred percent? Where am I at? Is it that my brain is saying, oh my God, I can't figure this thing out. And yeah, that's a sign for me. Um, Another sign for me is I'm tired. I need a nap. Another sign can just be like the knot in the stomach, like the anxiety kind of piece to it. So now I have a way of recognizing when it's just not working. And sometimes it's a matter of just stepping back and taking a walk out in nature and then coming back. And sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes you just need more time than that. But I really finally got it. Like I never understood the 100% until this summer when I finally was in a space where I said, I'm going to just learn how to do this. What is my 100%? Good work. Thank you. And it was huge. And it was hard. I'm not going to say miraculously seven clients showed up at my door to say, here's my money. That did not happen. Well, I got boundaries and I feel better. And, you know, health is everything. And I think it can be really confusing for you listening who you don't know the rest of the rules that come before the 100% mark. Essentially, all of it is built around helping you understand how to allow in all the help that's coming to you from other humans, from the world, the earth plane, but also from across the veil. And so then you get to this point through the other rules and you're prepared and you're understanding, okay, now I'm going to learn when to stop and wait, you know, and be patient and allow it to come in, right? And you do your 100% and you learn it. But for someone in your place, Catherine, the clients aren't going to come because it's always going to be what's right for you. Right. And so it's a tremendous place of trust to be in, to trust that your needs will be met in the way that's best for your highest and best good. Right. And so if you're still recovering, whether just because clients would look like a cool manifestation to some outer reality, the divine loves you and isn't going to send you a whole bunch of clients when you're still recovering. That's not actually a reward. That would be, you know, kind of more of the same. So they'll come. They're just going to come when you're fully recovered. Right. Right. And I know that. And I'm good with that. Yes, it doesn't sound I know. like I am, but I actually am good with it. I know you know that. I just want to make sure. Oh, yeah, no, for listeners, absolutely. And 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 I've really worked backwards. So I'll go back and say that in the spring you taught a class about meeting our guides. 
which mm-hmm. I think goes in earlier rules, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Under opening up to the help we've got from others. So I was, it was in April. Yep. And we were launching literally the free guide. And, and I was just like, this is not happening. I can't possibly put my time and energy towards it, but I didn't want to miss it. I have like a little FOMO, fear of missing out. I didn't want to miss it. And because I'm in receiving school, I knew that I would have the support even if I did it myself later. And I think the other piece was I didn't understand the journaling piece. I don't know. I boxed something somewhere. I just didn't get it. (laughs) That's on me, 100%. I own complete responsibility in my lack of understanding of the assignment, (laughs) which is hilarious. Because I think I said it in like, what, week three or week four? I'm like, wait, wait, that's what we're supposed to be doing? So I just said to myself, all right, this is fine. In June, I sat down with my journal and I started journaling talking to my guides. And I just remember just sitting there and nothing and nothing and nothing. And then finally, it's like, well, nobody says it has to be exactly this way. <laughs> you just know where this has gone, don't you, Patty? So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask my cards. Patty has a deck of cards uh, that she's created. And instead of asking the question, what does my soul want to know today? I said, what, is my, what do my guides want me to know today? So I gave myself a starting point for uh, journaling. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take today's card, which is focus. And since people who are listening can't see, it's sort of like beautiful, either sunset or sunrise, gorgeous pink sky. And it's reflected in this beautiful crystal ball. And the card is called focus. And Patty has descriptions of each of these cards. And I'm going to wing it. So bear with me because I actually haven't journaled on this yet today. True confession. But Today's is focus. And of course, I told Patty as soon as I saw it, I started laughing because I knew like I need to focus today big time. So what is this about? Well, where's my focus? Is my focus on this gorgeous sunset? Is it in the center of the crystal ball? What am I focusing on today? My guides want me to know that it's important that I focus not on the bad stuff, but on the good stuff, right? On this beautiful mm-hmm. sunset, on the chance to really enjoy beautiful weather. We're coming off an all rain weekend. Maybe tonight's going to be a beautiful sunset. And my guys are saying, don't freaking miss it, man. Go outside and see the sunset. But the point is, is that this would be much better if I was journaling it because, of course, it would be coming out and flowing. But that gives you a general sense of how I took the card and used it as my jumping off point to be able to talk to my guides. And sometimes it was me questioning, you know, like, what the hell? What do you mean focus? Aren't I focused enough? You know, I teach focus. <laughs> you get really snarky with your guides in the journaling process sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a time in my life, and you knew me at this time in my life, where if I didn't understand the assignment, one, I would have been mad and upset and hurt and, ups- and beaten myself up, which didn't happen. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I really just botched this completely. So that's sort of like learning number one in four years of receiving school. Learning number two is it's okay to take the assignment and make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And if it's that I'm sitting there struggling and I can't figure out what I'm supposed to talk about with my guides, well, pull a card. I don't think anyone would say, oh, you weren't supposed to do it that way. I will never say you weren't supposed to do it that way, whatever the way is, because that's part of receiving. Yeah. (laughs) And also just because you haven't done your journaling for the morning, I will offer you. And I think this is really important 
for all people with ADHD. I don't have ADHD, but I have people I love that have ADHD. So I've spent you know, enough time studying how to support them in focus because of the neurotypical way we learn concepts like focus. Focus means dialing in to something, right? And when you have ADHD and your brain isn't built like that, your brain is your superpower is you can hold multiple concepts at a single point in time. So to focus using a neurotypical explanation where it's to narrow in, it's almost like asking your brain just from the get-go to act differently than it's built, right? Right. And so if you're going to really receive your brain for you listening and you hear the word focus... And if you saw a picture of the card, if you're watching the visual, it's a crystal ball that holds a piece of the bigger vision, right? Focus, especially when you have ADHD, is more about what can you choose to let go of. So that focus isn't an effort, but a choice. So instead of making it be that, what can you dial in on? It's what can you let go of? What can you agree does not get to be important today and be with that, you know? And I think there's so much, especially for the time we're in right now, this feeling of because we lost out because of isolation, because of the pandemic that we have to catch up, right? Then there's this idea of get it done, get it done, get it done. No, no. Isolation, the pandemic, all of it was part of the plan. Right. right. And you do not have to go faster and you don't have to become more efficient. All you have to do is let go of the shit that does not matter. I am finally attending my first in person networking meeting mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. That long. And yeah. not because of necessarily the pandemic, but just didn't feel ready. And I've traveled and gone places and done things. So it's not that I'm not out there doing things. Honestly, the best thing about getting COVID was I'm no longer afraid of it. Yeah. And I was very afraid of it. So look, I don't want it again. And I honor where anyone's at with this. If you're still wearing masks, if you're still afraid, whatever, wherever you're at, totally 100% honor where people are at, not a problem. But for me, letting go of that fear was huge. I was the same way. When I got it, I was after it, I realized I wouldn't have even concluded that I was afraid of it. Right. But it was a relief to know what COVID in my body looked like. That was, you know, and I think that goes again to how much we deny our just natural responses to situations, especially extreme situations. You know, we've just gone through in the States you know, Ian came through and it was a big storm. And depending on where you live in the States, it affected you differently. But there's this, just this constant idea that you just got to get back up on the horse and ignore stuff that's coming up and, and storms churn stuff up for people, you know, and honoring that honoring for you listening, wherever you are on your journey with the fact that We've gone through a global pandemic. That is a thing that your brain has to reckon with. I would contend, and there's got to be two pieces on this. First piece is that the global pandemic has been a global stressor, has been like, mm-hmm. I think like we're in PTSD. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the reactions people are having to various things is that it's this whole, mm-hmm. 
wait, we were shut down. Are we open? And processing the emotions that go around that. Some people were really, really adversely affected by COVID. I, by the grace of God, have not been. Ian has touched my life in a number of very intense ways. My folks are from Sarasota and they were getting ready to head down to Sarasota ahead of the storm. And I had a last weekend, oh boy. I mean, I was out of my mind with worry. And now they were like, we're going to go and get there. And I'm like, why? We need Mm -hmm. to move our car. They're 82 and 83, God bless them. And I called them and I said, you're grownups. I can't tell you what to do, but I'm saying this with all my love and my heart. I am adamantly against you going down into a hurricane because at that point it was hitting Sarasota, Tampa area, which is yeah. where they live. They realized they were going to have to evacuate. But was most interesting about the phone call on Saturday was, you know, when they came, brought up this car issue, I said, yeah, my friend Catherine, ironically, has the same exact name. I said, my friend Catherine said she'll move your car for you. They're like, someone else would move our car? I'm like, yes, people will help you. You do not have to go to Florida to move your car. So, and that is the case. Someone else, not my friend, but someone else did move their car for them. Mm. So I just don't think they had, they were so, and no criticism at all. This is true for any of us in a crisis. They were so in the midst of, we have to get this done instead of, oh, global, we could get this done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that is kind of a follow-up to going through a pandemic, a global pandemic, where we were truly shut down. Whether you identify as someone who has PTSD or not, you know, there's a, a woman I work with, an EFT specialist, which is tapping, so works on trauma. Victoria Kreider, and she talks about little T and big T. So big T are big traumas, little T are small traumas. So when we think of trauma and post-traumatic stress, we're thinking of like someone that was in war, someone that went through a violent situation. But really little T is our trauma period is that something happened that disrupted what your brain thought was possible. And what happens in trauma versus a non-traumatic response is that your brain keeps replaying it in the hopes of ending it differently. And so if you have patterns in your life that you keep repeating and you don't know why you do it, it's because when you were younger, you had a little T, right? Well, when a pandemic happens, whether you felt it as traumatic, because I know a lot of my introvert friends feel like it was a blessing, right? Right. The reality though, is that something happened that the brain that you have did not think was possible and that jars it. Right. And it starts to try and make sense of it. And it either gets stuck in that place or it makes sense of it eventually, but you don't get to escape the fact that something happened that your brain doesn't believe was possible prior to it happening, that has to be processed. And as a global community right now, we are processing it one way or another. And for a lot of people, that does not look healthy. It really doesn't. And it's unfortunate. You know, it really is. And it's part of why I teach the way I teach. And I've always taught which is a little bit different than a lot of the traditional self-improvement and you know law of attraction and those kinds of 
belief systems, which go along with sort of the results that happen with the receiving method. But as someone who knows what a brain does and brain science, a lot of what we're taught in like self-help and self-improvement is actually dangerous and unhealthy for natural brain processing. When you layer in then that a lot of those techniques were developed in a neurotypical environment and you have ADHD, a lot of what you're taught in personal development is harmful. And that's really unfortunate, you know? I want to touch on two things on that. One, the first is this, the little T or big T trauma, either way, your cells at a cellular level, your brain isn't just your brain in your head. Mm -hmm. Your brain exists. Like when we talk about, oh, we feel things from the gut. That's Mm -hmm. a part of the brain system. Your brain goes both ways, you know, information to the brain, information from the brain. Mm -hmm. And the little T traumas, whatever they are, they can be stored at a cellular level. And so when Patty's talking about EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping, you're actually physically touching your body and helping release cellular memory. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say this as well because I just, it's not my strength in my area of expertise. But I'm doing sound baths because I'm finding sound baths are really helping me to release a lot of cellular memory. And they're, it's interesting. The first time I ever did one, I thought it was the most relaxing thing. But now as I'm releasing more and more cellular memory, it's not very relaxing, but it is very helpful. And I feel much better. And I know that there's stuff trapped. And the reason I know that is because um, I went to see Dina Pacwa, who's a mutual friend of mine in Patty's. And Dina did you know, I guess a healing session, you know, helped to empower a healing session. Let's call it that. And she said to me, your chakras are in need of release. There are things that are being held in your chakras that need to be done. And this sound healing is how I'm doing that. Mm. And it's great. So it's a, it's another step. I think, you know, and I'm bringing that up, it's great when you have someone in your life, like a Dean or a Patty, who can then say, Here's the next step to take mm-hmm. it beyond. So seeming school isn't just about, oh, Patty's going to tell me something and then that's that. It's ongoing. So yeah. you're constantly able to kind of get that next layer and that next level. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I do receiving school right along with everyone else. It's not that I figured something out and then I get to be done. None of us gets to be done. (laughs) We always think we're done with wrapping the layers, unwrapping the layers, and then another one shows up. You're like, no, wait a minute. What? I did that one already. No. (laughs) And you know, when I create a receiving school, I created it as a two-month experience. And now when we open it, we've been shut all year because we were rebuilding it. And we're rebuilding it now as a 12-month program, 12-month experience. Because when I would shut the doors each time, there was a portion of the group that was really had a really hard time with that, you know, and then they'd go on to do receiving school on their own because you can do it on your own. And then they'd be waiting, you know, when do we, and I realized we needed to shift things as this world was changing, we had to shift with it. And you know, that was one of our motivators was just making sure that someone could continue to do the work in a supported environment, you know, at their pacing, because the two-month pacing didn't work for everyone. Right. I know it didn't, 
it was great and helpful, but it didn't work for me. I needed to always be in the mm-hmm. group. And even if I'm not posting about stuff, that doesn't mean that I'm not tapped into it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm not checking out the Monday card reading and knowing what's coming up for the week and the energies around it. Sometimes I catch like half of it or or I go catch the recording or whatever. But to know that group of people is there, that core, mm. and have that, I hate to use the word safety net, but it's kind of like a safety net. It's just a, it's a yummy place to be with like-minded people who care about learning about themselves, who they are. It's a little woo. It's a little mm-hmm. science. Uh-huh. You know, Patty and I both come from a corporate background. It's not like we're naturally <laughs> woo people, but you know, there's a lot of truth to it. There's my life is better for having the ability to talk with my guides and know that there's, if you want to call it a higher power universe, whatever I call it God out there, that's got my back. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things we all face as humans being part of a human community is that when we start to do things that are right for us, a lot of the times it's not accepted practice for the community we identify with, whether we see it as our family, our family of origin, community we live in, a state, whatever it is. Banker, you know, back when we were in corporate, like you know how a corporate person's supposed to act. And when you're in community like the receiving school community, what it does is it helps counterbalance that so that when you're taking care of yourself and you're doing what's right for you and you are open to receiving without always efforting, Mm -hmm. even though some of the other people who are around you may not understand that you've got an entire community that's cheering you on both by their words and their actions, because you're in there doing it alongside other people. That just makes it naturally easier to accomplish. Right. Right. Love it. So it's kind of an odd question for someone who's about being and less about doing. But I'm sure you're going to have something spectacular for us. I always <laughs> ask my guests, what's sort of your viewpoint on productivity, maybe a strategy or a pointer? And I can tell you mine from this summer was do less, mm. but feel free to choose whatever you like. Well, you know, you said something earlier about working, only working eight to one. And I think, you know, specific to this community, When you have ADHD, you don't need as much time to get things done as other people do. And that is not something that most people with ADHD are taught Mm. and understand. So when you say only eight to one, like my reaction was like, whoa, that's way too much time. (laughs) Like, wait, way too much time, too much time to work, Catherine. So I think from a productivity standpoint, is And this may take you a little bit of time to figure out, but figure out what the actual amount of time is for you to be productive. And now if you work in an environment where they're going to watch you and they are going to require that you be at your desk, this isn't going to be super helpful for you. And I apologize for that. I wish our, you know, academic and our 
corporate environments or institutionalized environments, we're a little bit more aware of what a non-neurotypical or an atypical, you know, processing brain look, you know, behaves like and acts like. But if you have some control over, you know, your hours, understand that you you may not need six hours a day, eight hours a day to accomplish what you're going to accomplish. And we, as a people, are served better by you honoring that. Because I have a very different belief about ADHD and autism than what's taught out there. And it's been affirmed by my spirit guides that this is true. And that is that ADHD and autism separately, but for different reasons, are actually evolutions of the brain and not dysfunctions. And it's because as our technology gets faster and faster, the way a brain processes reality is going to need to change to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the way an ADHD brain processes information, it's actually much more prepared for the changes that are coming than a typical brain is, a neurotypical experience. So I know that was a very long-winded productivity tip, but I think just honor what your right amount of time of working is. Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, obviously from H1, it's not that I don't stop and go get something to eat in the kitchen or whatever. I know that. (laughs) There are breaks, (laughs) but it it really, you know, for me, I had to calendar it. It just, I couldn't get my brain out of the way. (laughs) My resistance, right? We talked about resistance and resuming school out of the way. So by putting a firm boundary, it helped me do that. And listen, there were days that I have 4.30 to 6 meetings. But those Mm -hmm. days then I started later or I took a nap. I made sure that I honored the amount of energy I have on any given day. And that's a lot less than it used to be. Partly, I think that's due to aging. I mean, I'm almost 57 years old and I'm not, I ain't slowing down, but I'm slowing down. (laughs) I just don't have a choice because it's happening. And that's not good or bad. It just is. I think it's frankly, I I think it's good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like it. I gotta say, it's nice. So you're about to start to kick off as this drops manifestation for grownups. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit about manifestation for grownups because I'm not sure I've actually taken that with you yet. Mm-hmm. I think so, it's new. Yeah, it is new. We did it once inside our memberships. I've done it with private clients before. I run it once as a group inside my paid membership. This is the first time I'm offering it free. And there's a reason for that. There's just so much bullshit out there about what it looks like to manifest. And I'm so done with it. I'm just a cranky old lady at this point where I just want to tell people to STFU, really STFU. Manifestation is not hard. It's not complicated. And it does not have a lot of the nonsense that's out there. So, <laughs> And it doesn't have to be earned. Guess who just finished reading it that does, section of the book again? It does not. So this is a five-day event. It is 15 minutes a day. So just know you can fit it in. It does not take a lot of time. And what we're going to do is walk through how to take what you know about yourself and create a list of desires, which is really step one of manifesting. The second, um, the the third day and the fourth day, we're going to cover revealing your limiting beliefs and do a process that doesn't require a lot of thought work, but just a releasing. 
And then the final day, we're going to talk about how you actually hand that off to the universe, to the divine. Like, what's the functional process that you can follow to hand it off? And by the way, you actually don't need a functional process spiritually to hand anything off. You could hand it all off right this moment. Just know that right this moment, you could just hand all that shit off. But most people's brains need a process to believe that you're handing it off. So I'm going to teach you a very simple one that kind of dots all the I's and crosses the T's very quickly. So that's that's manifestation for grownups. And then we'll do some fun things in the group while we're doing... I know I sound like a cranky old lady, but I'm usually a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> but I have to agree with you. There's so much out there that just makes it seem like you're doing it wrong. Yep. It's like me with planners. Okay, I have a thing. You're... You're in manifestation land. I'm in productivity land, right? I have a thing about planners and I, I, I'll never forget having a client who was like, but I have to use a sauna because you use the sauna. I don't even use the sauna anymore. You, you know, I have to do that because that's what you do. And it's, but it's not working for you. What's working mm-hmm. for you is already working. Don't fix it. Yeah. Less yes. fixing, more being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. How can people find you? Do you want to give them your own link for the manifestation challenge or do you want me to just give you the direct link? Why don't I put that link in the show notes? Okay. So that link will be in the show notes. Otherwise, you can find me at thereceivingschool.com is where you can find The Receiving School. And you can find me at pattylennon.com. I, at this point, honestly, because I am being so cranky, I don't spend a ton of time on social media. It's not the best way to get in touch with me. So... We put plenty of stuff, free content out on social and I'm at Patty Lennon everywhere. Right. But um, if you want to talk to me directly, just go to pattylennon.com and you know submit a contact form and I promise we will get back to you. All right. No cranky patties. No. Well. Crabby patties. That's crabby, what my kids... You're crabby for a reason. <laughs> so, and this is the other thing really fast. Like I just throw this plug in. Like the toxic positivity thing, like... We got to pitch that too. Sometimes we're just not having the greatest day. It's okay. And I am having a good day. I just think, especially for the community that listens here, people with ADHD is just, you know, I think it's a unique population that is harmed in ways that are not discussed a lot by a lot of the conversations that are out there. And because I have so many people I love that are walking around with ADHD, it gets me a little, you know, fired up. Gotcha. Well, you you and me both. So it's all good. We can be crabby together. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for being on, Patty. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.